Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. I mean, a car would have been different, but it was like a semi truck. Sure. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, you talk about Boogie Cousins, you talk about Pekovich, you talk about all these guys. Nah, I just took an actual truck to stop me a little bit. But, um, you know, um, I'm just blessed, you know, I'm blessed that I've been able to be on the court and be able to be safe and, you know, and all in all, like, you know, I said, if I'm going to leave a car accident like that, crazy wreck like that, with what I got, I'm very, very happy with those results. So he's back tonight, Carl Anthony Towns, Wolves and Sacramento, 7 o'clock at Target Center. And right now, Timberwolves still clinging to some playoff life. They're four games back of the eighth seed. Right now, the the Spurs and the Clippers are tied for the eighth seed. And the Kings are between the Wolves and where they want to be. So if you're still clinging to Wolves' playoff hope, then they should probably win that game tonight. But over in the Eastern Conference, and if you're new to the show, Rami Maklov has been uh, a wonderful, fun addition to to Score North and to, to our show in the afternoon here. On a daily basis, and you spent the last decade plus in Milwaukee. Yes, I did. Hosting radio shows in Milwaukee on the fan. And the Milwaukee Bucks have never been this good before. No. They wait until I leave. (laughs) They do. Right. Right. Exactly when you leave. They They get a shiny brand new arena and figure out how to win basketball games as soon as I leave town. Yes. They're 45 and 14. And I say they've never been this good. They've never been this good in our lifetimes anyways. They're 45 and 14. They've got the best record in the Eastern Conference and also the best record just period in the NBA. Similar situations. It's not like Milwaukee is a super amazing uh, uh, go-to destination for free agents. Right. You got to find that centerpiece in the draft and get fortunate. You could argue, well, the Bucks have, you could argue that the Timberwolves also have in Carl Anthony Towns. Um what else have the Bucks done that the Wolves can maybe emulate? From what you see, well, they it, it started with a, a change in ownership and the way that they do business. For and this is this is Im- immediately as as I try and, and draw comparisons between the two, where there is a major difference because Herb Cole, the previous owner of the uh, of the Bucks, he and I, I get the sense this is how a lot of people feel about the way that the Timberwolves are run. He was fixated on making the playoffs. Year after year after year, he just wanted he just wanted desperately to make the playoffs, and you can make the argument that he was doing everything in his power to win basketball games, and they would always add, always add, always add. It, they would never 
sell and, and tear down and do a full-on rebuild of the franchise. He was just fixated on making the playoffs. And so then what ended up happening was you were just spinning your wheels and you were always somewhere right around the seventh or eighth seed or just on the outside of the playoff picture looking in and never getting that high high chance at, at a good lottery draft pick. And I feel like that's where, correct me if I'm wrong, Phil, but I feel like that's where the Wolves have been, and that's the frustration of a lot of Wolves fans with this franchise, is that they never they never reach the heights that everyone around here would like to see them reach, and they never just bottom out to get that draft pick that, I mean, they did get it with Carl Anthony Towns, but yeah. for where this franchise is now and where they have been for much of their existence, it's a team that's just sort of meddling, never terrible enough to get a high draft pick, except for the occasional one where you get a Kevin Garnett or a Carl Anthony Towns, and never good enough to really make any noise as far as winning the conference or or having any realistic championship expectations. And I don't know if I view, even though they have the best record in the regular season, it feels like there's for sure two or three other teams around the league that are just sort of just kind of waiting in the weeds. And when, when playoff time comes, the Golden State Warriors, if they wanted to, could win 70 games in the regular season. Like they did once. And they just, there's no value in doing that anymore. The Bucks are in kind of a prove it mode. So yeah. they're going to go pedal to the metal throughout the regular season. Um, so it's the, the Bucks. I don't think it's fair to say the Bucks are the best team in the NBA, even though they have the best record in the NBA. But to I, me, what? Oh, go ahead. I think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference, and I know that there is debate to be had with that. I think that the there's a strong case to be made for the Raptors. There's a strong case to be made for the Sixers. The Celtics are the team that I think a lot of people were picking when when the season started, but they haven't. It doesn't seem like they've found their footing yet, or have really hit on all cylinders. I would I would make the case that the the Bucks are the best team in the East, but no, they haven't they haven't surpassed the the Golden yeah. State Warriors. I think the key is twofold here for if if the Timberwolves are looking over and saying, "All right, yet another Wisconsin team that Minnesota is trying to figure out what's the secret sauce there." Badgers basketball, Badgers football, in some cases Packers, but I would say in recent years the Vikings have everything but quarterback trumping the Packers mm-hmm. in most ways, right? Um, so the Vikings have kind of caught up there, except for quarterback. I would say it's number one: how can you surround your superstar, not just with good players and and name players, but players that actually fit and and make that player better, right? right. How do you how do you take advantage of Carl Anthony Towns' passing abilities, and and how do you space the floor better, and well, get better shooters, right? Um, I also think there's something to be said for. A coach that comes in, Mike Budenholzer, comes in and just has a different like the the Bucks were not a great shooting team. The Bucks were not a great spacing team. The Bucks felt like their offense was it was a lot like the Tom Thibodeau, Derrick Rose offenses from the Chicago Bulls six or seven years ago. When you get to the fourth quarter, all right, everyone move out of the way and this guy is gonna just take the ball and figure it out. Right. And now it feels like ball movement and actual coordination, right? And, and that's, spacing. That's one of the places where I do see a similarity in terms of the trajectory of the two franchises is that Jason Kidd was very much stuck in the old NBA, both in, in, in the style of coaching in terms of how he communicated with his players. He was very much 
like Tom Thibodeau, a crack the whip guy of I I got to beat these guys up. I got to I got to I got to beat them down to their lowest common denominator and then build them back up from nothing. That's and that's how old school coaches operated. And in terms of the style of play, like you just said, it was a more plotting half court style of play rather than the wide open run the floor shoot the three that we've seen take over the NBA. So that's one place where I do see. Well, two places, actually. Carl Anthony Towns kind of fell in their lap, same way Giannis did with, with the Bucks. So you got your centerpiece in the draft, and you've been meddling ever since, and now you've gotten rid of the coach who was stuck in his old ways and the old style of, of playing the NBA basketball. So you've now pushed him out the door. So you've got two of the things mm-hmm. that the Bucks did on the way to where they are now, the Timberwolves have have emulated in a way. They got their superstar and they pushed they pushed the old coach out. Yeah, yeah. The other amazing thing about Giannis is he's not a great shooter. You know, he's he's not a three point shooter. Right. He shoots some threes, but he's not a he's not a very good three point shooter. And yet he still puts up the numbers that he does in today's NBA to still put up almost thirty points a game and be that active offensively. When really, like the area in which you score in is condensed to he's doing fifteen it all feet and around in. the rim. Those shot yes. charts that that you see, and they'll put them up about an individual player. I mean, all of his dots are right around the hoop. Which I mean, he can do it because you can you can try and and press up on him, and and he'll run right around you with an eight foot stride. Mm-hmm. Or you can drop back and give him the shot, and he'll take it. And his three point shooting, he's not good at it. But he's gotten better at it every month of the season and throughout his career. Yeah, I really think that if if he unlocks that, Phil, the rest of the league needs to watch the hell out. Can I throw in another variable here? Sure. When if if the conversation here is Mackie and Jeb with Rami, what can the Wolves learn from the Bucks? What can the Wolves look over there and say? All right, there's some key ingredients that are similar. It's Midwestern teams. It's you're not going to get a big free agent. It's not Los Angeles, New York. So you've got to build it a certain way. Both have their superstar. That that is young and that's going to hopefully be on uh, on the team for ten years. Could I add getting rid of a high draft pick that wasn't panning out, but Jabari that was Parker? Jabari Parker no longer on the team. Jabari mm-hmm. Parker uh, spent four years in Milwaukee. It just wasn't really working. It just wasn't. It wasn't what the Bucks wanted it to be from a number two overall pick in the 2014 draft. And they decided, rather than trying to squeeze extra toothpaste out of the tube, they finally just said, "Yeah, all right, this isn't—it's not flying for us anymore." But it was a lot easier for them to do that because they didn't sign the max. Contract. They didn't sign him to a max contract first. It is true. So it's going to be a lot harder, and that would be that if if you're looking to to compare the Wolves and the Bucks and the steps that the Bucks took to get where they are today. That would be the next step is to a get get rid of that guy who you used a high draft pick on and just didn't pan out for you and cutting your losses and saying better luck elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But b and whether it's Ryan Saunders or not, and if you're trying to emulate the Bucks, it's probably not. But finding finding the right guy to sit to sit in that chair next that Tom Thibodeau used to sit. Yeah, in. yeah. The 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 Bucks. On a similar timeline, they weren't fooled by 20 points a game. They weren't fooled by number two overall pick and status, and they weren't fooled by where a guy went to college. They just said, yeah, these are kind of hollow numbers. The personality maybe isn't what we were looking for. A, let's not give him a long-term extension, which was the Wolves' first mistake with Andrew Wiggins. And B, let's not 
feel like we're married to this. We tried, we dated, didn't work, move on, right? And so now, now, now the Wolves are married <laughs> to Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> so they have to figure out a way to get divorced or to try and go to marriage counseling and make this thing work. But it's nice. I mean, Jabari Parker, even though he never signed the big contract, Jabari Parker was, you know, that's seven or eight million dollars at the end of that run with the Bucks that they got to free up and right. do what they want to go bring in a three point shooter in free agency or via trade, et cetera. And that's what I was just going to get to. The other thing that you're going to have to do if you're going to emulate what the Bucks have done down in Milwaukee is find star players and role players in in in, in unlikely ways. Chris Middleton was a throw in on a trade for of Brandon Jennings to the Pistons a few years back. Literally a guy who who was drafted, he was drafted while he was injured, so they didn't really know what they had in him. They needed to match salaries and contracts, so hey, we'll throw in Chris Middleton. And he turns out to be the number two to Giannis. Uh, Eric Bledsoe was a guy who has had a lot of potential, high ceiling since he got in the league, never really lived up to it, and it got to a point where he wanted out of Phoenix and was tweeting that he wanted out of Phoenix. So they were able to get him at a relatively cheap price in a trade. And then this offseason, they go out and sign some guys who not a lot of people were looking for. The Ursan Ilyasovas of the world, the Brooke Lopez's of the world. And they used that Jabari Parker money to bring those guys in who are essentially role players. But the perfect role players to put around Giannis for his ability to drive and find the open man yeah. and kick it out. Those were the perfect guys to play with Giannis and the perfect guys to play in Budenholzer's system. So they found a way to to find all the right pieces. Sometimes they found them. They found star players in unorthodox ways. They found role players who they got at relatively cheap price, who not a lot of people were looking to sign. And they found the right coach and put it all around the centerpiece that was Giannis. And obviously it's all clicking for him now. But like I said, that all started with an owner who, uh, or an ownership group, I should say, that was willing to bottom out before they, they saw some success. The question is, will the Wolves be willing to do that? And do they have to? No, I, I don't think what bottoming out is kind of a relative phrase because when you have Carl Anthony Towns for 82 games, you, right. you will not bottom out. You're, he's, he's good enough now True. to where you're just not going to be the worst team in the, you're not going to be the Knicks. You're not going to be the worst team in the NBA bad because he's so good. He can, even in the post Jimmy Butler era, it's not like they're running out. They're not running out a Warriors like lineup. I get that Derrick Rose has been pretty good, um, and they've had some good contributions from from guys like Taj Gibson, et cetera. But it's mostly Carl Anthony Towns, much like Kevin Garnett in the mid nineties to to late nineties and early two thousands before they landed Sprewell and Cassell. It was Kevin Garnett and some decent players and some misfits and some guys off the bench and some young players, and they were winning fifty games on a regular basis because he was that good. Cat's not KG in the '90s good, right? Yet maybe there's still some room for growth there. He's been better defensively, but you're to the point now where your your point of no return if your goal was to tank because Towns has emerged as being good enough now post Jimmy Butler to not allow that to happen. Like you're going to go and win games that you wouldn't have two years ago because of him. So the good news is if you're using the Bucks as a model, if you're the Timberwolves and you're using the Bucks as a model, the good news is you can, you can do what they've done in a market like this because they didn't go out and get the guys that everybody in the league wanted. The guys who more times than not, they want to go to LA or they want to go to New York or they want to go somewhere where it's either high profile or the weather is nice. You can do what the Bucks did. 
the bad news is finding those diamonds in the rough the way that they did is is very difficult to do and takes some luck. I mean, Chris Middleton, they got kind of lucky with Chris Middleton. Eric Bledsoe, they got kind of lucky with Eric Bledsoe. So you need you need the right brain trust in charge to get this thing right, and then you need a little bit of luck to have all the pieces fall in place the way that they have for the Bucks. And maybe the Timberwolves, he can't shoot really yet, but Josh Akogi was a later first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're drafting after the first eight or ten picks, you're just kind of rolling the dice and crossing your fingers. They went with energy, and they went with personality and, and those things that Josh Akogi brings, hoping that maybe he'll develop a shot at some point. If he can even have two or three spots from outside 20 feet, or let's say outside the three-point line, then he can hit a jump shot from at some point. And all the things he does on defense and at the rim and inside, he could wind up being maybe your third piece to this puzzle. They're, I don't think he's ever going to be your Robin to Carl Anthony Towns' Batman, but could he be your third piece? Their games aren't similar, but the way that you talk about Josh Akogi where he was taken, what they expected from him. Reminds me a lot of Malcolm Brogdon, a guy who the Bucks found in the second round yeah. who has been able to to actually crack into the starting lineup and contribute in a big way to that team that is the best in the Eastern Conference right now. So some of I think some of the pieces are there and it is possible to try and follow that 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 template that the Bucks have laid out. But like I said, it it is gonna take a, some really smart people to get it right. Whoever is the next person in charge of basketball operations for the Wolves has to be the right choice. And B, even with those people in place, it's going to take some luck for the right people and the right opportunities to present themselves. Right. That's Rami Maklov. I'm Phil Mackey. And uh, if you're watching us on Twitch right now, we appreciate it. Hello. Thank you. You can. I'm working on my posture. I promise. I'm not at all over Have here. Have you seen okay. that thing that it's like a, a contraption that you can wear that pulls it pulls your shoulders back? And gives you better posture. Have you, I'm seriously because we're doing all I think this. I have seen that yes. because we're doing all this video content. I'm seriously, honest to God, considering investing in one of those things. <laughs> yeah. I kid you not. I think it could be a great visual endorsement for you. <laughs> <on Twitch. laughs> um, so you can watch us live on Twitch.tv/scorenorth. And if you're listening on demand, we appreciate it. And you can you can give us a follow on our Twitch account too. We're just trying to reach audiences. We're trying to uh, trying to be interactive, and we, we see some of your comments in the comment section. We'll get to some of those before the show is over. We'll wrap with Roycey a little, little, a little later on. Will you indulge me in some Oscars discussion? Sure. 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 I didn't watch it at all, but okay. I'll, I'll indulge. I just... <laughs> I got an itch to how talk about. I, how Oscars. much can I add without watching it? <laughs> I, I think you'll have some takes. Okay. All right. All right. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami was just. Show- Rami is about to unfollow one of his favorite Milwaukee restaurants, Vanguard. It's just keep torture. Posting food porn. It's just torture. There- we'll get you some. We'll get you some food porn places in the Twin Cities here okay. that you can follow. I've found There's all a- kinds of them. I've found a few, but what are the- okay? Since we're on, since you just brought that up, yes. what are like? Two or three places. You're you're new to Minneapolis. You're new to the Twin Cities. The last two months. Yes. What are like two or three places that you've discovered or come across that you well, think are the one that's already become like a regular for me and the girlfriend. She's she's back in Milwaukee now temporarily before she makes the move full time. So twice in the first few weeks that we were up here and she was up here trying to help me make the move and get settled in, we went to Nico's Tacos right there on yeah, uh, so good Hennepin uh, in in Uptown. So twice we went there, and then when she came back to visit last weekend, we had to go there again. So that's already, I think we've been there four times between 
the time I came to visit and look yeah. for an apartment and the time that I've lived here. We've been there at least four times. They so. have like eight different salsas. I didn't even know you could uh, make salsa eight different and ways. And they have, they have, uh, uh, they have like four different versions of guacamole. Oh, yeah. One of which has bacon in it. Yeah. And it ruined all other guacamole for me <laughs> forever. Well, why did it take so long for someone to discover? Let's just put bacon in it. Exactly. Yes. It's one of those things that you see somebody do and you go, why haven't I been doing this my whole life? Someone showed up to a guacamole tasting contest, right? And right. Said, and the same with chili. Have you ever had bacon and chili? No, you know, someone, I haven't. Oh, and now dude. I'm wondering yeah. why I haven't. Someone showed up, rolled out of bed, hadn't shaved in a few days. Just like went up to someone else's guac and put some <laughs> chopped up bacon in it. You're welcome. You win. You win. Game over. It's a it's a game winner. It's a game changer entirely right there. Like I said, it has ruined guacamole for me. I'm also pretty close to uh, Red Cow over oh, there in yeah. Uptown. Great burger. Um, and this isn't like a Minneapolis thing, but it 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 played a as 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 a Chicago kid. It played a big part in choosing which apartment oh, I was going to move Giordano's. into. That there's a Giordano's right <laughs> around the corner from me. Like I saw that and I was like, that is a huge perk. Like some of these buildings that I looked at, they have beautiful lobbies and like a, 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 a common area and the yeah. great coffee machines and the workout rooms, the fitness centers are just amazing. My building doesn't have any of that, but you know what it does have? A Giordano is right around the damn corner. Okay, that's that's a big part of the reason. Don't why need heated parking. It. Don't need a workout room. Don't need a sauna. <laughs> I don't even need locks on the doors. But if you put Chicago deep dish pizza, give on it the to block, me. Yeah, put it right in my veins. I feel like like maybe you can correct me here. Chicago natives look at some of the branching out of Chicago pizza chains into other states, and it's almost sacrilege. I'm good with it. You're fine. Okay. Yeah, we should <laughs> we should spread the glory that is Chicago style pizza. Let's right. let's share this magic with the world. Fair enough. Uh, how often, Rami Maklov, do you get confused with not only the multi-billionaire uh, terrorist, but Rami Malek, the dude who won Best Actor? More last night? now that he is actually known. I've known about Rami Malek for years because he's the star of a great show on USA. I don't know if they're bringing it back for another season. Jonathan, do you watch Mr. Robot? I watched the first season, then got totally confused okay. during the second one because um, clearly I didn't do enough drugs to watch that. Second, second season, season wasn't great. Third no. season really it, it came back strong. Uh, I don't know if it's coming back for a fourth season, but I've known about him for years because of that show. Okay, uh, but now people actually know who he is because of Bohemian Rhapsody. And uh, and I just see the Mr. Robot ads when I watch Monday Night Raw on USA. That's all, <laughs> That's all you the, know. The, yes. the promos Fourth look and great. Final season. Okay. So here's my question, and I've only seen two of the of the. Is it, it were how many nominated movies were there? Ten? Is it ten every year now, or eight or something? I don't know. I saw two of them. I okay. saw Black Panther and I saw A Star Is Born. I okay. saw Black Panther. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think, and 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 my logic is flawed here because Bohemian Rhapsody is. I was gonna say. The more popular and mainstream a movie becomes, I feel like its chances to win the Oscar diminish sometimes, where it's just like, make the obvious choice. And for me, it was A Star is Born. Right. No, I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet. So admittedly, I I don't even, I don't know if it's a great movie, if it's not. What I do know, though, is Bradley Cooper is an actor who sang himself at an amazingly high level. Lady Gaga is a singer who acted out of this world great in that movie. And Bradley Cooper had never directed a movie ever. He hadn't? No. No? This was his first, this was his director debut. 
knocked it out of the ballpark. What other factors do you need to win the Oscar? I remember like watching that movie while it was happening, thinking this is one of the best movies I've seen in ten years. And if you're that telling me good, really, yes. And if you're telling me a guy who lip sank as Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody trumps Bradley Cooper, or that that movie trumps A Star Is Born, I guess I'll have to see it. Like I'll reserve judgment because I've not seen Bohemian Rhapsody. But I came on last night. Like I normally don't really care about these award shows. I'll watch them because they're entertaining and whatnot, and I'll fire off some quippy tweets. I was legitimately upset that A Star Is Born didn't win more Oscars last night and didn't win Best Picture, and that. Bradley Cooper wasn't even nominated for Best Director. I have zero skin in the game other than I went to the theater, saw A Star is Born, and was wildly entertained for two hours and was mesmerized by the fact that those two essentially flipped professions. And Bradley Cooper also acted in the movie. But like his singing in the movie was him. It was all him. There's an album. There's a soundtrack. It's his voice. He is the singer. He shows up last, no, last night. I don't know how much you saw of this. They basically like had a baby on stage. Him and <laughs> Lady Gaga. I, I mean, it was that. like wildly uncomfortable. I saw people legitimately pissed off that they didn't kiss and just consummate yeah. the relationship right there on stage for the world to see. The tweet of the night, somebody tweeted, the best actress award should go to Bradley Cooper's supermodel wife, who's just like <laughs> been staring at these two for probably two years. So, but don't you think that now. This is going to get, I don't, I don't know. Bradley Cooper is a method actor. Like I've heard Bradley Cooper in interviews, people ask him to sing as you know, like he did in that movie. And he has said, I can't do it because I, I can, I only get that voice when I'm, when I'm acting like that guy. Sure, so that's fine. he's a method actor. So he, he goes into this character and if he, if, if he comes out of it, he can't sing. Sure. So I'm assuming that last night, since he was singing on the Oscars, he somehow channeled that character again and was once again acting like a guy who was in love with Lady Gaga. Well, like, I, I wish you would get this joke that I'm about to make, but if he was really channeling the actor, he would have wet himself while Lady Gaga accepted one of her awards because that's what happens in the movie. Okay. He's an alcoholic and he gets, I think it was the Grammys that this happened. But anyways. So, but what I'm saying is, is it possibly just so good an actor that you were convinced he was up there on stage in love with Lady Gaga? No, I think they're probably, I think they're... You think they have hooked up? Didn't she just call off her... Now I'm getting into like... <laughs> TMZ territory. I think she might have called off an engagement. Did she? They're definitely going to wind up together. But what? But what isn't his girlfriend like a, a supermodel? Yeah, but like he can get he can literally get any woman within reason that he wants within reason. She did between just break the ages off of an like engagement. Nine, okay. Yeah. So the other point I was going to make is Bradley Cooper. Almost everything he does is multiple takes. If he wants it to be right, it's controlled soundstage. It's studios. If you need a hundred takes to go over a scene, you can just call timeout and you can go look at your lines or whatever, or get back in that mindset to go up there live on stage and knock a singing performance out of the ballpark on national TV in front of a hundred million people or however many people are watching. It's the first time I've ever felt emotionally attached to a movie, like getting snubbed at the Oscars is what I'm saying. Like I was legitimately mad that he didn't get paid off more for being an awesome actor and an awesome singer. Is this, end, end of rant, and I'm sorry for wasting five minutes of your time. But is, I just had to get that off my chest. Has, is this a feeling you've ever had Never. before? Well, 
Is this the first time you were at home rooting for a movie and getting pissed off that they didn't win? <laughs> Only when Rocky got beat by Clubber Lang the first time and okay. Rocky threw. But yeah. I knew there was still an hour of movie left right. and it was going to come back around. I don't know. I don't know what's happened to me. So like, I don't know, 13, 14 years ago, I worked at Blockbuster Video. Remember those things? And I worked there for a, a Hollywood video guy. But yeah, I worked sure. there for a long time, like five or six years at least. And I was uh, I was the guy who had to have every movie before it came out. I was independent film buff. I was I thought I, for, for sure I'm the next Kevin Smith. I'm going to make <laughs> movies. I was and I was like, you do look like Kevin. Smith. I was ve- I'm, I'm used to look a lot more like Silent Bob in my fatter days. But I was I was like a cinephile, like I was serious about my movies and my independent films and stuff like the Oscars. And like I wouldn't and something has happened to me over the last 12 to 15 years. I don't know if I've gotten dumber, if I've just if I've just settled for less. But now I'm like, is Iron Man in it? Like, is is Iron Man in the movie? If Iron Man's not in the movie, I'm probably not interested. There's a slim chance I'm interested if Iron Man is not somehow involved. Am I? Am I alone on this? To what degree are you into the the Oscar craze and award season, Jonathan? Like, do you are you do you line them up and say I want to no. see? If I, no, okay. No. I don't watch award shows. They tend to bore me. But okay, and all the independent movies or the movies that are usually up for those awards, they don't really interest me. So I'm kind of like Rami. If Iron Man or Spider Man isn't in it. I ain't there. Okay, maybe this movie came out too late in the year. I don't think it did, but the second best movie, I know I know Creed 2 came out too late for the mm-hmm. Oscar season. So Creed 2 would be on this list as well. It's an awesome movie. The second best movie I saw all year was the sixth Mission Impossible movie, Fallout. I heard it was totally good. Well, we did, I heard it was I mean, really we good. We did a top 10 action movies yeah. ever list at some point, like a month ago, and it's one of the top 10 yes. best action movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, but you never see a movie, the sixth Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise fanging up again. Yeah. Like, you'll never see that get rewarded in that setting last night. Why? What, like, what's wrong with Mission Impossible 6? It was incredible. And why isn't there a comedy category at the Oscars? It's another good question. I think we're that's... Too good, we're too, too snooty to laugh? I think that's what turned me off to serious filmmaking and and award shows in general yeah. was I started doing comedy and I was like hey man this is really hard like why 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 aren't you recognizing how hard it is to make people laugh and to actually make a movie that makes people laugh for a long time and is smart and well done it's it's one of the harder things to do in Hollywood and why it's not recognized is beyond me yeah the spy who dumped me why was that not given why the award was that last exactly night? So absurd right <laughs> the spy who dumped me oceans 8 Ocean's 8 didn't get any love How last do night? you leave out Ocean's 8? This is a crime. This is a travesty. <laughs> uh, I know Pat's a movie buff. We can ask Pat about some of these things. Are you I'm being sure serious or are you no. being facetious? Royce is a huge movie buff. Okay. Yep. All right. He, he likes. He, he does line up all the movies and sees them. Oh, he's mentioned that to us before. Yeah, yep. that's right. So we can, we can ask him. We are Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd is on a flight back from his New York trip. If the wind doesn't... Uh, Knock his plane out of the sky. It's pretty Robert Covington, real quick. Sorry to interrupt. Just tweeted out soon with two exclamation points and a flexi arm emoji. It's good. Yep. Hopefully he's talking about coming back to play basketball. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> or maybe he ordered Bite Squad. And it and it changed from receiving order to cooking. It's coming soon. <laughs> uh, Luther Brookdale Toyota is on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Where uh, and now people are up in my mentions telling me why a star is born because it was made three times before 
Uh, which I didn't know oh, until bleep. you told me that today. Yeah, Barbara Streisand. It's like 40 years ago is the last time. But why do people keep making the same movie? Well, you know that like Avatar has been made a hundred times and they just put different, like Dances with Wolves, Avatar, you know, Pocahontas. Like there's different. I'll explain to you later. Yeah, please do, because now I'm lost. 694 on Brooklyn she Boulevard, where I'm you can smart. find Luther Brookdale Toyota and the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. Uh, it's lights out at Luther month for the next few days anyways, the month of February. Meaning if you've got a weird, strange warning light on or some sort of like exclamation point light on on your dashboard, take it in to my friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota. They will turn the light off and they will tell you what it means and they'll give you a free, no strings attached, no obligations uh, estimate on what it'll take to turn that light off. This is a place my family and I have been going to for 30 plus years. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Hey, it's easy to listen to Score North on 1500 on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, Judd. Awesome. Alexa, fire a coach. No, 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 no. It's Alexa, trade everybody. Judd, no, it's Alexa, open Score North. Alexa, more hockey. I want more hockey. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, and you can listen to Score North on 1500. Alexa, open Score North. Score North. Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. This is fantastic. Okay. All right, thank you, Jonathan. All right, a lot to get to with our, our friend Patrick Royce, Star Tribune columnist, host of Royce Unchained here on Score North, and soon Royce on Baseball. We're going to fire that up once uh, the regular season comes. But, Pat, we actually want to go live now. Judd Zolgad is on an airplane on his way back from a trip from New York. Uh, let's just get some live audio from Judd after the uh, the NHL trade deadline. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there it is. Yep. the uh, The nucleus has been blown up. He's uh, happy they got rid of Granny. Huh? Looks like they got a you know a young guy that's had what's got thirty three NHL goals in a season and a half. Yeah. So uh, plus it's uh, it's a Fenton guy, right? Is it, it was it was it was it Nashville? It was Nashville, I believe. Fenton yeah. was the one who introduced the the draft pick originally that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that brought this player. Well, in. he must like him. And the last uh, kid they got, uh, Donato, is working out okay. The first, the needle guy, that was a giveaway. That guy's, you know, that guy might not start for Edina, but uh, the other, uh, you know, the other, the other two, pretty good. Why not? Yeah. And don't look now; they're in the playoffs. No, they're under five hundred, but they're in. <laughs> that'll uh, that'll that's that's the the only thing that can make Judd happier now is if they. Uh, fight fiercely to get into the lottery, right? We got we got to get them in the lottery, don't? So isn't it like the NBA that you got to miss the playoffs to get the lottery? If I'm wrong, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I, I think so. But mm-hmm. you you draft a kid and he's 18, and it takes I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a crapshoot. Like yeah, it's like baseball. Yes, but anyway, uh, that was uh, you know the three guys. I suppose they were one, two, and three. Stall. They must not have got any offer at all, huh? So they decided to keep him. They must. Nobody want must have even given him a fifth rounder or something. Otherwise, they would have moved him to. Sounds like he actually think. may have uh, that he has a limited no trade. Uh, oh, that's right. He may yeah, have blocked have only ten teams, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that what they're saying? He might have blocked something. There are some rumors about him blocking a trade to Boston. I want to say. Jeez, why would you not go to Boston? That's but I, weird. Okay. But I might have just made that up. I, I did see that he may have <laughs> <laughs> blocked a trade somewhere. Your go-to source for hockey, score north. <laughs> exactly. Maybe you and I should do a hockey podcast. That'd be good. We can, we can call it, what was that guy's we, name again? Yeah, what was 
it'd be like who he, it'd be the Charlie Steel Charles who he played for. <laughs> <laughs> I know we we used to do a bit on a show uh, that I produced maybe twelve years ago on a different station called Does He Play Hockey? We could maybe just do that for an hour. <laughs> well, we had one uh, uh, one day with Reavers and Manny about four years ago, or maybe three years ago. The Ottawa Senators were having a pretty good year. And I said, name one Ottawa Senator, the two of them. And Manny named a guy who played with him for a long time, but he hadn't played with him for about five years. When in doubt, just name Daniel was, Alfredson and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, Daniel Alfredson, I think that's who it was, yes. Anyway. Pat, uh, you got to get down here and see Buxton. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. When do we get excited about Byron Buxton? No, I want to tell you something here. Okay. Don't get excited, blah, 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 spring training. But he's come to the plate five times and hit five rockets. I mean, I'm not – here's the truth. This is the truth. Now, the other night he hit uh, – what, he hit, a, he hit a home run. He hit a home run later, but it, his first at bat, base is loaded, guy, and he hits a, a single up the middle, but it was boom, just boom, you know, uh, uh, just really hit hard. And there was a crack to it. And then he killed a changeup for a three-round homer, and uh, on a three-two pitch, they threw him a changeup, and he stayed on it and hit a home run, which was a good sign for him because usually he falls on his head when they throw him a breaking ball at three and two. <laughs> but and then today he comes up uh, with base loaded and two outs in the first inning. He takes three pitches off the plate, doesn't swing at any of them, and gets in a, then he gets in a three-one, then he fouls back a three-zero pitch. And then he hits a bolt over the head of the left fielder and it short hops the fence. And uh, Croden was at first base. And uh, Tony Diaz, uh, the new third base coach, learned a good lesson. Never wave home Crone because <laughs> he runs like me. But, uh, but two runs scored on that one. And uh, so then he gets another base hit. Hits ball hard again. It's a... You know, it gets another base hit. And then I was leaving. I was waiting for the elevator up on the uh, the one that's down the right field line there. And I heard this crack of the bat and turned around and walked back there. And Buxton was running around the bases. I mean, he could, it was uh, every, the five times he's hit the ball this year, it's had the sound. It's uh, And you know what? It just seems to be that he's reacting and swing and, and then taking – a you know, and then taking his best swing. He's, re, he's he's identifying the pitch and then taking his best swing. Every one of none of those swings have been hesitant. None of them have been that three piecer that he has. Uh, so I got you know I don't know who worked with him, what went on this winter because uh, he did make a big deal out of it, but it's uh, you know you know he could end up hitting 160, but. Uh, uh, what, everything he's seen so far is just incredible because the sound was a bat is hitting the ball, and he did gain. He says twenty one pounds. I would doubt if it's that much, but he's probably gained twelve or fifteen, and it did its strength. You know, he's he's a little little more muscular, and uh, it would make a difference if uh, he turns out to hit two eighty instead of one eighty. What the uh, just a little bit, yeah. What about what about the other outfielder who has uh, not lived up to it the last couple of years? Couple home runs, Max yeah, Kepler. Yeah, the other day. 
Yeah, and they, uh, you know, they have convinced themselves that that was a, uh, that was not a horrible, as it, the 220, what was it, 227, whatever it was, yeah. wasn't as horrible as it sounds on the face of it because, uh, you know, he drew some walks, he, he, Put the, his, his, when he put the ball in play, the his numbers were way lower than they should have been, and uh, they, they, you know, he had a bad year, but he, they don't feel like he had a horrible year, and you know, obviously they gave him a five-year contract. So, but he looks, uh, you know, he just he's what now, twenty-five, twenty-six. He yeah. just looks a little more mature. He's probably going to end up being their leadoff hitter because they don't have one, and he can draw a walk. He got some walks last year. And uh, he walks more than Polanco. Those are probably their two candidates. But they put Kepler up there to, uh, yesterday, and Rocco talked around it because Rocco isn't the type of guy. He's a good guy, but he's not going to say, "Well, we got we don't have any other on base guys on this team, so we got to try something." He's not going to say that. He's going to talk around. You know, he's going to talk around the reason. But they're obviously looking at Kepler because. Grossman's gone and Mauer's gone and all their on base. They don't really have on base guys. When do we start to believe what we see at spring training, though, Pat? Whether it's Buxton well, or Kepler or anybody never. else? If we're smart, probably never. <laughs> I would guess. Uh, I, I, we can just recall two years ago when the feed on of spring training was one whole park. And we were outraged that they didn't bring him north with him, and he ended up hitting 220 in Rochester. So The uh, Twins have had some hilarious heroes of spring training. There was a year where Luke Hughes yeah. hit about seven home runs, oh, and, yeah, right. and, yeah. and the Twins decided to not bring him up uh, north, yeah. and, and they were justified long-term. I don't think were you I'll... covering that spring? Were you covering that spring? Not only was I covering that spring, Luke Hughes pulled me aside one time in the clubhouse and said, Hey, mate, come over here for a second. And I said, What can I do for you? He goes, What's the deal with your co host? <laughs> and I was like, What do you mean? Oh, that, uh, right, that root. That... I kept saying he can only hit a fastball in the third, right? Yeah. He's throwing on the outer two thirds. He's got no chance. He tried but to get you banned from how... the clubhouse. Yeah. Remember when Hughes was Hughes was in he hit he eight home runs or something one spring and remember the lack of enthusiasm from, from Gardy uh, because uh, you know Gardy was not talking him up at all so they obviously thought that once people decided to pitch to Luke he'd have some problems but so, yeah anyway but I you know it's it's certainly to me uh, Buxton. You know, had that good two months at the end of 2017, but he was futile last spring. And he was back being that, you know, the indecisive, no pitch recognition, take the fastball down the pipe for strike one guy. He was the same mess that he had been, which kind of alarmed me. Uh, I, I, you know, one thing he's doing is if you throw a first pitch fastball, he's going to swing at it so, instead of take it. So he's not going to be all in one if he keeps doing what he's doing right now. Anyway, yeah, uh, Pat. The only disappointment today was uh, Willie Ostadio went over three. I'm very upset. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, he's yeah, he's officially on the bubble now. Don't say that. <laughs> I think he probably still stays. Marwin Gonzalez seems like a good dude, and uh, when you when you got the three and four man bench, there's nothing wrong with having a guy who can play seven positions. Yeah. Hey, give us your. Uh, we have 60 seconds here. Give us your 60 second Oscars recap last night. Uh, I never have watched so few 
uh, Oscar movies in my life. The, the only movie of the whole list that I really enjoyed was Black Klansman. Uh, the favorite made me puke. I couldn't stand it. Too many rabbits. Uh, the uh, did you, uh, I couldn't make it through Roma. I watched the previews of Green Book and said, this is going to be trite nonsense, so I didn't go to that one. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, now, the, the actress who won was very good in a bad movie, in my opinion, and, uh, but I, I thought this was the worst field of movies of all time, in my opinion. Wow. Well, the, so, uh, like I told Rami earlier the joke of the night was that the best actress really should have been Bradley Cooper's wife for watching Bradley and Lady Gaga the last 12 months <laughs> and having yeah. to smile through it. I ain't doing that movie either. I saw the first two. If somebody dies at the end, I presume, okay? <laughs> but isn't it fun to see how they die, Pat? Don't you, aren't you curious? The, way Star Born works, the guy dies at the end, generally speaking. I, in, in all the versions of it, I believe somebody dies. I guess you'll have to wait and find <laughs> Spoiler out. Spoiler alert. <laughs> all right, see you, Pat. <laughs> Goodbye. Same guy who would go on during the tape delay Olympics on his show, and without warning, he would just like... Railroad a conversation oh, on his own show right and say, oh, spoiler alert. I'm uh, with him there. I'm 100% <laughs> with him there. We're a sports talk radio station. We're going to talk about the sports news of the day. So we're going to spoil the Olympics for you. See you guys tomorrow.